Hello and welcome to Realms, a monthly sci-fi and fantasy newsletter that lets you escape to new realms right from your inbox. My name is Zach and I'm the writer and reader of Realms. I'm a freelance copywriter, fitness trainer, and tour guide living in Hanoi, Vietnam. This month's story is short and sweet so you can get right back to enjoying Thanksgiving leftovers. If you're in the States, that is. And without further ado, here's this month's story. Awakening. All Alana wants is to see, in the spiritual sense. Her life is so clouded by calls and emails, sharing her life online, buying things she doesn't need, pretending to listen to her boyfriend. She desires clarity. She deserves clarity. So what does a suburban living Westerner do? She looks to buy perspective. Ah, and there it is, a gorgeous retreat in the jungle. Happy people from all over the world are wearing loose linens and smiling like Mother Earth is inside them. The staff are all people with blindness, hired to give them opportunities. I'll call you, she lies to her boyfriend and parents at the airport. There's no service where she's going. They watch as she disappears in a sea of nameless, unknowable individuals. I'm here on the plane, heading to Hawali Resort. I don't even know which country it's in. I shut up and gave them my money and just went, she tells her followers. Everyone should do this in their lives. It's great for perspective. Alana wakes as the plane touches down, jolting her from an ambient fuel dream. People in white linen, smiling, surrounding her in love and affection. She thought she was prepared for her phone not to work. But she has an itch to share. No, this is my time not anyone else's. The courteous Hawali resort picks Alana and her one suitcase up, which was a sacrifice. She packed a book for God's sake, but she'd rather have four more eye creams, another bottle of retinol, and her comfy socks for the month-long stay. The dense, mist-covered jungle disappears before a towering wall of bamboo. An open-air, white-stuccoed, and terracotta-roofed complex greets her, as does the staff, all in white linen tunics and trousers. They're a mix of Westerner and locals with every hue of skin color, and there's more women than men. Alana's not the only one arriving. Many newcomers are deposited by private cars and guided into a line beside her. Welcome to Hawali, says a small woman in glasses, one of the few with sight at the resort. She's important, Alana judges. She wears gold hoops around her neck, and the front of the tunic where there should be button are golden bells. As she speaks, she gestures and they ring. And now the two rules we have here. We do not shake hands. We bow and cover our eyes to honor each other's unseen spirits, like so. In unison, the staff bows, covering their eyes as they do. Second, we do not go out past midnight. Mother Hawali commands it. That's a joke, right? Says a bearded, shirtless man. Alana eyes him. Bells chime in the night. No one's supposed to be out at night. Alana wakes. It's past midnight. Everything's been perfect so far. Perfect weather, perfect people, perfect meditations and smoothie bowls. Except for one thing. At this late hour, there's always someone singing breaking a rule. Alana hears it now. Oh my god, that's it. 
She marches down the path, holding herself against the chill, past the bamboo shivering in the wind, making squeaks and hollow knocks, past Evan's room where Alana soon hopes to spend the night, and toward the beach. She finds what must be the entire staff, all in linens, all with milky, unseeing eyes. There's a bonfire, a bonfire, singing, and a barbecue. Her stomach growls, Alana could eat. This vegetarian diet could use a cheeseburger supplement. Uh, excuse me. The chatter ceases. The heads turn. They endow the moment with a bow, their palms over their eyes. Alana almost pisses herself. This is not loving and encouraging. This is terrifying. Not as terrifying as a human effigy at the center of it all. A gray-haired figure missing her eyes. I mean... I was trying to sleep, and they were partying, Alana complains. Like, why didn't they offer me some food? Evan shrugs. You're being selfish. Think of their light, not yours. I just get scared at night, you know? It's lonely. Evan looks at her without an expression. He's different than before. Maybe it's time for you to meet Mother Hawali. She's very wise. Alana scoffs. Sure, I'll give her a piece of my mind. The bells visit again, again, and the singing, the singing is back. Another night past midnight, there's a knocking at Alana's door. Uh, what is it? She hisses. Are you hungry? It's Evan. But the rule. It's okay. It really is. They take the path down to the beach. The staff are there, same as the night before. They stop partying. They bow, eyes covered, and welcome the pair in. They enjoy good food, good conversations. Alana learns that many were like her, lost in the world. They found themselves at Hawali. Were you all blind? she asks. Yes, of course, they reply with wide grins. You know... I think I'm going to bed. Alana returns to her room. This is too weird. I've got to leave. Bells and voices, voices and bells, a final summoning from sleep. The next night, Evan returns. He has many Hawali staff behind him, adorned in gold jewelry and headdresses woven from palm leaves and fern fronds. They hold torches and talk excitedly in the indigenous language. Lana doesn't even know what it's called. She's agreed to meet you. Who? Mother Hawali. You are ready. Ready for... They all but steal her away. She fights at first, but calms when she finds them laughing and singing. This must be normal. They take her down a path she isn't sure she noticed before. Bamboo shakes loudly with the midnight wind. A small wooden house awaits. The staff create a funnel for Evan and Alana to approach. There is no door but an indigo curtain. The pair enter. It's not a home inside. It's a descent. An old crumbling staircase with no rails leads to a pool, illuminated by a single bare bulb hanging from the ceiling. There is a white film strung along the walls, the staircase, and hanging from a cocoon-shaped thing. 
No, it is a cocoon, pulsating, hanging from the threads. A milky white substance bleeds onto the ground. Alana turns back too quickly and slips on the stairs, tumbling, sliding down into that short abyss, coming to rest on the strands that are sticky and soft. She screams on the way down, and screams in disgust upon landing. Evan is there shortly, helping her up gently. There's nothing to fear. She nails him in the jaw with the right hook that she should be quite proud of. Looking to make her escape, she sees that there is none. The villagers or cultists or whatever they are stand at the top, torches flickering, smiles flickering. Oh, Jesus, she says. A crack and a creaking, a tearing from behind, a thing emerging. The mother will see you now, Evan says through a busted lip. Bow with me. He covers his eyes and hinges at his hips as low as he can. Quite flexible, really. He took those yoga seminars seriously. No. No, 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 Alana utters. The cocoon is split up the middle, with two hands prying it apart from inside. A head emerges. An old woman with silver hair pulls herself free with a sucking sound like pulling a foot from the muck, her back to Alana and Evan. She covers her face with her hands and turns, stepping forward, standing completely naked before all. She is not human, or she was. She has no belly button at all, no nipples, no wrinkles, but she gives off the scent of ancient paper and rust and insect carcasses. So you are both ready to see, she says, her voice withered and dry. Is this because I broke the rules? I'm sorry, I really am. No, child, this is because you must see. But why this? Whatever this is, isn't there another way? Alana tries to back away, but she is stopped by the weight of many, many hands. The followers have descended. She squeaks and frantically looks for another way out, but there is no escape. There are only pale orbs drilling into her. There is only the ancient woman, the matriarch of something evil and vast, like a desert in a forgotten corner of the world. An unstoppable fear grows in her groin, blooming into something sharp and painful. Hawali Resort really had been a bargain, hadn't it? Can't I have more time? Alana protests, some part of her accepting this ending. I'm not sure I'm ready. You will never see with your waking eyes. Mother Hawali bows to Evan and Alana, then peels her palms from her face. Beneath them, two gaping wells of darkness that suck away the light distorting the old face around them. That's the last thing Alana sees while her mind races to home, her work, her old life. Her vision blurs. Her perspective tilts. She's feeling quite detached from all those things and people. What were they but mortal trappings? What need of she to leave? She can't remember. She has the mother now. She has her people. She has everything she needs, and it was always right before her very eyes. Thank you for reading and listening to Awakening. A bit of an author's note for you. 
This story was inspired by a Vietnamese commune I visited for my tour guide work. The people there do bow, not with their palms over their eyes, and they wear the same clothes, and they all live in a shared space. There are some culty vibes, but I doubt their leisure emerges from a cocoon. I haven't seen her do so. Yet, anyway. Now you could help Realms by sharing the story with a friend, and also by leaving a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you really like this story, you can get the next one right in your inbox by subscribing. Besides stories, I also do monthly reviews for sci-fi and fantasy media. And until next month, Realm Walkers, I'm Zach, and you're listening to Realms.